Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to the Rope Report Exiles podcast in association with Borks Breweries. I'm Brett Lyons Davis from Milton Keynes, and today on the pod we'll be talking about Sunderland's win over Southend. Looking forward to the FA Cup on Saturday, as well as keeping half an eye on tonight's game against Leicester under 21s. I caught up with Les, Les Davies from the Thames Valley Mackhams, and we've also got plenty of your stories to tell as well. And not only that, playing away has now got serious. It's now become a season-long game. We'll find out which exile truly knows their stuff. This week, I'm joined by the man from the future, Martin Wanless, who is in Australia. Good morning. Good afternoon. Morning. How are you, sir? Yeah, I'm well. I'm well, thank you. So today is Wednesday morning, 7 o'clock for you, I believe. It is. That is correct. Yes, and we've got the, um, the Sunderland and Leicester stream on in front of me here. So 1-0 up at the moment. I heard it. Yeah, Maguire Paris scored an absolutely cracking free kick. It's a nice one, yeah, right in the top corner. So he, so he can do it when he wants to. Um, I am also joined by probably the most beautiful of all the exiles. Um, it's Gary Winter from London. Hello, Gary. <laughs> what, what an intro, Brett. Cheers, cheers for that. I, just think, I, think, I think Niall's expecting an introduction there, wasn't he? I was just waiting for me, Nate. I was waiting for me, Nate. I can't believe he said that. Oh, well. You know. And of course, last but by no means least, we are joined by the Blythe Fork himself, Niall Bromley. Hi, Niall. How's it going? You all right? <laughs> I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. So you're normally south of France, but you're still over here up in Blythe, aren't you? Uh, yeah, um, I've just come back on a long drive from the Midlands this afternoon. I'm, I'm a bit of everywhere at the minute, like, but I'm in Blythe for the next week or so, and then I'll be back away. And aye. <laughs> so will you be taking the game at the weekend? Then I take it. Uh, yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll not be going on Saturday, no. Uh, who have we got? Have we got Gillingham on Saturday? Gillingham in the Cup. Gillingham in the Cup. No, I'll not be going on Saturday, but that's because it's me, well, I know this is a disgrace, like, but it's me niece's first birthday, like, so I've been roped into going to that instead, unfortunately. That's okay, mate. You know, family <laughs> comes first. Don't worry about uh, that. Nah, I'm not happy about it, like, but we'll deal with it. You'll deal with it. Um, right then, chaps, let's get straight down to business. Obviously, um, this weekend, 
beat Southend. I went up for that one. Um, my first home win in four years, which is quite an unbelievable statistic. Um, let me jump to you first, Gary. Um, you know, what were your thoughts uh, on the one nil win? Um, I guess overall, pretty pleased with it. A win's a win. Take the positive, the uh, clean sheet as well. Um, if we're being picky, would love us to have given them a bit of a bashing like we did did Tranmere. But as I say, I'm a bit miffed by some of the negativity I've read. Um, basically, we've won the game, but I can understand where some are coming from. But I think we've just got to dust that off and move move forward. I don't think we can expect to just go and thump every team in this league, um, match the best result of every team against some of these so-called poor oppositions. So I say generally happy happy with the result. Yeah, and I hear what you're saying there. I know I wouldn't say obviously I, was, I went up for it and it, I will be honest, it, it was a dull game. Um, you know, one thing I'm going to say on the pod a couple of weeks back that if we won every game 1-0 this season, I'd be quite happy. But you know, I think a lot of people seem to forget that it's Phil Parkinson's been in charge, what, four or five games now? Um, you know, it's going to take time to get his style of play across, I suppose. Um Martin, what, what do you think? I know, obviously, for the game itself, you know, did you get a chance to watch it down there in Oz? I um, I must admit, I um, I watched the extended highlights. I did intend to get up um, for the game, but I watched the Rugby World Cup final with a few beers and I actually slept through the alarm. Um, <laughs> but having having watched the highlights, and look, I think you've you've got to take it in, in the context of where we are this season, right? Positives, second clean sheet, right? We didn't have any clean sheets before Parkinson arrived. Second home game in a row, second clean sheet. I think with that with that sort of game where people expect us to go in and hammer somebody, it's always a, a different sort of challenge for for the players and for the and for the fans. And it's it's the second goal that always is, is crucial in that because while it's one nil, Southend have something to hang on to, and all they need is a set piece or a, a mistake, and they can they can nab an equaliser. Once we get the second one, as we showed against Tramway, we got the second one really quickly. And then that forces them to come out a little bit. And it's it's always getting that second goal that's that's crucial in that. And we just couldn't get that, that second goal. But I think, um, you know, great goal that we scored. It was a cracking goal. Great cross from, from Hume and 9 um, finished it off really well. I loved, his, uh, I loved his celebrations, by the way. I just think that's that's how any of us would celebrate scoring a goal for, for Sunderland. Like, it's just, it's just classy enthusiasm. And that's what we've been crying out for. Well, I think that's what um, everyone really appreciates about. Sorry, that everyone really appreciates about um, Luke Nine is his enthusiasm is infectious. You know, it replicates not- what we would, what we feel, and you know, we, we've been crying out. You look at people who we've had to endure, like um, Yanazai and people like that, who just who didn't want to be there, and you've got a kid there who who loves it, and it's, I, I just think that's class. No, I agree, and so even, I think from the very first time he's like made me sign, I think he put on his. Um, his Instagram, there's videos of him driving up to Sunderland in his car. And he just looks like he, he wants to be here. You know, and that's what's really refreshing about him. Um, and the top off, he's actually, well, by, for the moment, by far and away, our, probably our best player, I'd say. Maybe not technically, um, even compared to likes of McGeady, but for form, he's clearly he's our certainly best player. In, he's certainly in form. And I think, you know, he's been shifted from, he's played right back, left back. And behind the strikers this season, and I think get, getting him settled in a position is going to be is going to be crucial, really. And you know, I think Parkinson's only really played him out at full back out of necessity rather than um, 
desire so far. But I think him and I think Denver Hume deserves a lot of credit. Like the last two or three games, he he looks as if he's been given a real purpose by Parkinson. And I think the the, the threat that he can offer coming down that left flank, he, he looks great going forward. And I think it's um it's gonna be crucial how how Parkinson can actually set the team up to just cover him a little bit. Like if you remember when Van Arnholt was playing un- under Allardyce, Allardyce had um, Mvia. Whenever Arn- Van Arnholt went forward from the left, Mvia just took a couple of steps backwards and a couple of steps to the left and covered Van Arnholt's runs. And we just need Parkinson is just you know needing to figure out that system to give Hume that protection to go forward because obviously he doesn't get from McGeady. So we just need to figure out how to how to enable Hume to give us that attacking threat. I think. No, definitely. I'll let. I'll bring in um, Niall now. So, you know, so I'm not hearing um, Martin saying there about Denver Hume. Obviously, yeah, in my eyes, he's really improved it, just over the last sort of five, five, six weeks. You know, you know what, what do you, where you sort of stand with that? Yeah, it was, um, it was by far his best game he's played for us yesterday, wasn't it? I think, um, I think Parkinson's kind of getting some, a bit more out of him. I don't know if you've noticed, but for me personally, and not just Hume, actually, the balls were coming into the box a lot earlier on Saturday and there have been over the last few weeks I think it's it's getting early balls in you know instead of sort of festering and maybe taking an extra touch and looking for McGeady or looking for Maguire to swing them in it looks like they're just getting early balls in the box and then you, when you've got the likes of Luke O'Nine who can break lines and can get in behind and make runs from anywhere in the pitch um, you know like these balls need to be coming into the likes of him because he can you know that he can finish and not just him you know there's a few other a few of the players can can get on the end of them. And um, the more balls you put in the box, the more goals you're going to score, especially at this level. So maybe, yeah, we're lacking in height. So maybe when Charlie White comes back in, that'll be that'll be massive for us. But certainly Denver Hume looks like he's doing that and looks like Parkinson's, you know, got, got a, a kind of uh, method and kind of way that he wants him to play. And I think Denver Hume looks like he's responding to it really well. So hopefully that's not even the best that we'll get out of him. Hopefully he can just keep on improving week in, week out. I actually find it really frustrating when I hear a lot of supporters criticise Denver Hume um, defensively because I do believe now that where modern football is, your full-backs, they, uh, they're almost like, like the wing-back, they're, they're overlapping, they're putting crosses in and almost defensively, that's the second part of their job, which sounds really silly. They're, they're playing at left-back. You know, very few players can do the, you know defensively and going forward to a high level. There's someone like Ashley Cole, for instance, who I'd never obviously compare him with Denver Hume, but he is the pinnacle of the left-back who can both defend and attack. If Denver Hume could do both as good as each other, he's not playing for League One Sunderland. So, you know, he is going to make some like errors, I think, but I think so. I think he's come on absolutely leaps and bounds. Um, definitely. Yeah, he's a kid. He's a kid. <clears throat> he's played well, 10 yeah, games or he is a kid, but you say that, but he's, you know, he's had a long time in the academy as well. I think, you know, no disrespect to Denver Hume, but I think these relegations might have benefited him getting into the team a lot quicker than what he possibly would have done. Um, but the, the problem with him as well is he's, he's not had a chance to go on loan. And I think personally, I don't know about you lads, but personally, I think getting these young players on loan is crucial. We don't really seem to do it that often. Um, I know Ethan Robson's out on loan at the minute, but... And, and Embleton went last season, but I do think that getting these players on loan is crucial. Hume's having to come straight in from from the youth, um, 
you know, and he's having to he's having to adapt straight into playing professional football without having played in the conference or the or League Two, you know, first, which is probably is difficult for for these young players. Oh, it's got to be like if you look at the the, the two shining lights of the academy over the past ten years, Pickford and Henderson. Both of them had good loan spells out before they actually made it in the first team with us. I think Henderson Pickford, a, yeah, Pickford played in basically every league, didn't he? Um, he did. You know? he did. Yeah. He, Pickford had a lot of loan spells, and Henderson only had a couple of months of Coventry. But as soon as he had those couple of months, he came straight back and he was involved in the team. And yeah. it's, it's just critical for, for the de- development to actually get a bit of football in them. No, no. One thing is now, guys. We're we're in League One now, though. That's the difference. When you're Premier League, and you look at some of the teams that we're playing each week in League One, they're doing what you'd expect, which is taking Premier League youngsters. I, I guess I don't know how normal it would be for many teams to look into our side. I think we probably can't even loan them in the same league. But even League but, Two, it's not that big a step up. I don't well, know. Well, that's what I'm how, saying. That, that's what I'm saying, Gary. Like he, he doesn't. I don't think he's got the opportunity, or he has had the opportunity to get a loan. So he's come through straight mm. from the under 23s and straight from the youth, straight into the team. So I, I totally get what you're saying, but I'm, I'm just saying like that's. I think that's probably why he's had a slow start and why he hasn't adapted. Because just imagine he had these, you know, these poor ten games or so that he's played. I'm not saying they were all poor, but you know what I mean. At another club, most of our fans wouldn't have even seen that. And then, and then uh, he would very true, develop. very true. Yeah, and then come into how he is now. Imagine that was his debut after a loan away to a lower league club. I mean, we'll be thinking, my God, we've got a player here. And I think it's all relative yeah, as well. It's all relative now. to the um, to the position that we're in, isn't it? So when we were in the Premier League or, or, or Championship, you you loan players to a division or two down. And we, we've got to do the same. Like Ethan Robson's out at Grimsby now. Um, Embleton was out at Grimsby last season. I think Jack Diamond's somewhere in the in the conference north or something. And it's it's just getting that football that actually matters to, to the people who are playing it rather than these glorified friendlies that they play in the Union 23s. So in regards to things like that, well, obviously, you know, the, the game we've got on at the moment, um, we've got in some of our, like, we should really be blooding more youngsters, I think, in these games under, um, against like under 21 teams like, like Leicester. Um, looking at the game we've got tonight, the only person in that team is, you know, you'd even class as a youngster really is um, Benji Piacoca, who I hope I got that name right. <laughs> but, you know, if you look at the rest of the team, you've got, you know, McLaughlin in goal, McLaughlin on the bench, uh, on, in defence, Ozturk, Flanagan, the Bock, McGeoch, Ledbetter, Maguire, Watmore, McNulty. So we're not actually blooding any youngsters in tournaments, which, should really be designed to blood them. You know, yeah, I even... think if, if if we were top of the league and Parkinson had been in charge all season, we'd see a very different team. So you're, you're saying use these games more than to sort of keep, again, keep trying to fine-tune exactly what he wants. Um... Fine-tune what he wants and also give, like, a lot of the players who he's playing there, like Ledbetter, McGeoch, Debock, um, Ozturk, haven't actually played a great deal of football under him, so you'll want to see them in a the competitive game as well. Yeah, but even his bench today is very strong. You know, no, even the is. bench as well. So, you know, Willis, Power, Nine, McGeady, Greg Hume. That's that's a really strong bench. The only thing I can assume from that is that it'll be interesting to see. Well, it'll be interesting what get um, Timmy plays on Saturday in the FA Cup. You know, is any sort of youngsters going to be coming in into that game? Um, I know we've not. It looks like the 
Bristol Road, is it Bristol Rovers, Bristol City game is going to get called off um, due to international call-ups. So say it's quite interesting how seriously are we taking each of these cups like today. Do you guys, you know, how do you feel about this EFL trophy now? Do you want to be on the lease.com? Uh, do you know, do you want to be in it? Where do you guys stand? Um, Niall, I'll start with you. You know, what do you want us to get out of today's game? <laughs> um, yeah, I'll be brutally honest. To, to win the games, it means build momentum, which is something that we crave. If we do win tonight, strictly speaking, that's two wins in a row. So this is something that, yeah, I think it is it is important. But, you know, if for some whatever reason somebody else scores more goals than us and ends up going through and we don't, I don't think any song of fan will complain. It's, it's last season, Brett, we played 60 games. And you could tell at the, you know, towards the end of the season, April, May, those lads were absolutely knackered. Those lads were done, which which was proven with the performances. We lost the last two league games. You know, we, we weren't great. We scraped past Pompey in the playoffs. And then that performance against Charlton was lacklustre. You know, there was no motivation in it it was you know it was poor and I don't want to see that happen again and I just think like I said it's the same with Gillingham next week I don't for me personally you know if if we're if we're getting knocked out with these I'm not saying go out and lose but to be honest I think that'll be a blessing if we get knocked out with these cups I just think we need to focus on getting out of this league we don't need we already play 46 games we don't want to do another 60 game season it's too much it, it totally showed last year. So for me personally, like I say, yeah, momentum, win the games, obviously, don't ever lose a game on purpose, but I do think that we do need to just look at the league and yeah, if, if we were to get knocked out, I don't think it's the end of the world. Uh, Gary, where, where do you stand on that then? Um, for me, I guess when I, when we came into League One, I was a bit of an idealist. I thought we could bleed a lot more youngsters um, in the league, but then I forgot the kind of pressures that surround this football club when they're not winning, particularly at this level. So I've kind of abandoned that thought. But then it's still disappointing then that even in these little trophies, we can't just like put more youngsters in the team, give them minutes, give them experience. Um, but then Martin, I think, made a, a good point there, or Niall, that the uh, that Parky's only been in for like five games, so understandably he'd want to just test out some players, give some players some minutes, get more of an insight into what some of these guys are about. So I, I totally see that angle. So really, I wouldn't want to play that kind of lineup that I see on the, t- the team sheet tonight. But I understand why why he's done that. Um, me personally, I don't see the harm in being in these competitions provided you use the squad because we can't hide behind it. It's just we're in League One, yet we have a, a ridiculous sized squad. It must be something like 25 players and you could probably bolt on some academy players to that as well. Whereas I think the average team in this league probably only has maybe 11 or 12 first team players and the rest of the bench is filled with, with youngsters. And I don't know if that's good or bad for us but it's just I don't know I just think we're that's why some teams just I think hate us in this league just we're a bit spoilt and we don't really realize it and I don't know if we were in this league again next season I guess the investment's coming now but I just wonder if we'd end up stripping back to that kind of that kind of squad or depth or lack of um 
but I don't know if that's a good thing or not. But for me, yeah, this competition just we should be able to use a squad without it impacting the rest of the league league schedule. That is one thing we are blessed with, I do think, you know, in, in this league. And I was just, as you were talking there, I was looking at the team sheet we had, you know, we've got, and I'm, I'm just looking at of a straight 11 for 11. So, like, take McLaughlin out, put Burgin, Osterk and Flanagan. You've got, um, you've got uh, Willis. Lynch and Willis, Lynch, yeah. You've got the Bock, you've got um, Hume. You can go through that team and literally 11 for 11, we've actually got two very good 11s in that team so I do think we you know we should be able, you know we can play strong too I don't think a cup for me a cup run isn't a bad thing because that key word being momentum you know I'd like to say I'm not I think really we should just focus on more one than the other um, if I'm honest realistically we're not going to win the FA Cup but I'm sure get through the first few rounds and get a good to game t- a TV game that's more money into the club so it's, I don't think that's a particularly bad thing because you know we do obviously we've got investments now but we still need to make money um martin where do you well, yeah, what do you think um saturday then based on today's lineup what lineup would you be playing against Gillingham in the fa cup it would probably be something um closer to what we saw last weekend i um i suggest rather than the um the fringe players who are getting in tonight um i think i think i'm right in saying that we've got scunthorpe in the leasing.com trophy next midweek then the the game against Bristol Rovers the following Saturday is likely to be called off if it hasn't already I think McLaughlin's got called up for Scotland today that's so right. really that's right. you're looking at this and you know there's potentially a fortnight between the South End game or no three weeks between the South End game and our next league game so you know I can completely understand Parkinson using the, the, the first team squad to you know keep fitness up build build a little bit of momentum um but the other aspect to it is, you know, if, if you're going to introduce um, younger players into the into the team, those younger players have got to be there. And I haven't seen a great deal of the under-23s um, or under-18s this season. Um, a few clips on, on, on the website. But, you know, the results suggest that there aren't too many players who are, who are genuinely knocking on that, um, on that door who, who've got a chance of being selected. Can I just quickly wave in? Is there not a... I'm sure there's a rule, you know, for the EFL trophy about... A, uh, like a selection regulation, I think um, your players have made a certain amount of appearances or something. Uh, it, it's basically to stop them just playing their, their under twenty ones against an under twenty one team. I think. But yeah, I'm there sure is. I think there's there's so many permutations you can get round it pretty easy. I think um, there's, there's yeah you've you've got to have some a number of people who played in the last game and or have made fifty plus career career appearances and all this sort of stuff. I think it's it's so loose you can. Um, you can pretty much work your way around it, but you're right, Niall. There is some um, selection criteria there. Yeah, so that's, that's true. I think we forget so... that we're in it. I think we forget <laughs> that we're in it as a League One team. It's, it's not, not our twenty-threes. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I think it's not as easy to kind of play a, a weekend team and things. I, I totally agree what what these are all saying, to be honest. But I do think back to what Gary said when he said about. Um, obviously, you know, using the size of the squad and stuff like that. For for me personally, that you know, it wouldn't necessarily build that momentum you want because I think if you're going to do it, just play your best eleven and get momentum. But if you're going to play, you know, players who don't really get in the team and players who we all basically think yeah, they're not good enough, I'm not sure the the benefits that that that's going to bring because then you're just going to get through 
the rounds, um, or, or, or you're going to get knocked out, but or you're going to get through the rounds, like you say. Um, and then in, in the last few rounds, we'll just do what we did last year and, and play strong teams regardless. And then, well, like I say, it means games in hand as well. And it's just, I mean, I know what you're saying, and maybe I am sounding a little bit kind of stupid, but games in hand is something that killed us last season. And like I said before, 60 games did as well. So that, that, that's my outlook on it. No, that's fair enough, mate. It's fair enough. Um, well, I'll leave that part there. Um, and what I, um, I've got next, though, is after Rich spoke last week to Sean Coxon um, from the North America branch, um, we thought it'd be great to get another person on um, from one of the branches, this time in the UK. And I caught up with Les Davies from the Thames Valley Mackhams, who set up the branch this season. And here's what he had to say. I'm speaking down the line to Les Davies from Ascot, who started the new Thames Valley Mackhams Sunderland Supporters Group. Les, how you doing? I'm good, Brett. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you, Les. Very well. I'm very pleased after that win at the weekend, I must say. That three points is always uh, always tops off the weekend, doesn't it? No, it is very nice, mate. Um, so, Les, before we start talking about um, the Thames Valley Mackhams, you've obviously, like myself, um, are southern based and you've ended up with the curse of supporting Sunderland how did you get yours so yeah so I was brought up in um, South Bucks a little town called called Iver my dad well I say I start with my nan my nan was born in um, in Southwick um, moved down in the war met my granddad from Oxford um, and then my dad has always lived in the area, so he was brought up in sort of Hillenden area, so local clubs of Brentford and QPR, people like that, and um, ultimately just got the curse from from my old man, really. And I think, and I guess when you go into school in sort of Slough area, you've got Man United fans, Liverpool fans, we even had a Geordie boy uh, there as well. It's a bit difficult, especially in the 90s, with all the Londoners really supporting those teams. But I think it was 1998 in the... The Charlton FA Cup, uh, not FA Cup, sorry, the playoff finals. Wish it was an FA Cup. Um, and um, ultimately, that was the day that sealed it for me. Um, a lot of my Auntie Pamela's friends came down from Sunderland. It was a big community feel. And even though we lost the game, I've never seen a more supportive set of, of fans ever. And I think that was the day when I was probably 10 years old then, where I just thought, well, this is more than just a, you know, a football team and winning. It was It was that community feel that I think has been highlighted recently in the Sunderland Till I Die documentaries and one of the reasons why we've got fans all over the all over the world, really. No, it's good that so, and I know that myself, obviously, living down south and like like you said, all you you know, everyone I know supports like Man United or like the the London, like the Arsenals or the Spurs. And it's not sometimes like, like you've had your family come down. I know when I've sort of gone up at a young age and then you've seen all the other red and white shirts you've seen you know what you know how big a club Sunderland is um you know because we are especially down to southern like non-Sunderland southern fans we're a bit irrelevant to them but we're actually as I say a massive club and I know from doing obviously the podcast now there's fans of us we're everywhere we're absolutely everywhere and it, and it is great to see um, so you said, you know, how many sort of times do you, do you get to games? Do you, you know, do you have, you know, how many times have not like for a season? I suppose for yourselves, mostly be away games and then the occasional home games. Is it or? Yeah, I try and get to as many away ones as as possible. Obviously, the local ones are a little bit 
easier, which in League One is a bit more challenging than it had been in the Championship and things like that. But I think I got into double figures last year and this year. Um, we met at Shrewsbury, uh, the Oxford game, and then um, I got married this year. So I'm going to be on my honeymoon over the sort of the Christmas period. But as soon as February kicks, and I think most of the local games to me are all in the second part of the season anyway. So I'd probably say between six and sort of 12, 12 a year. Wow, that's great. And it's, it's, it's very similar to myself, mate. It's very, you know, it's really similar to me. So you've started up the Thames Valley Mackhams. For people who aren't too like, aware of the area, what, what sort of area does that cover, um, first of all? So, so I guess Thames Valley strictly, well, I guess not in, not in our eyes, but, you know, Oxford, Oxfordshire, Buckinghamshire and Berkshire, I guess, is what you class as the Thames Valley traditionally. But to be honest, it's, you know, for me, it's the surrounding areas, you know, of that. There's no real, you know, limits to it. If, if that's, you know, your closest branch and you want to get involved, then, you know, the more the merrier. And I think we've got, you know, people that are, are down in Southampton and, and as far out as, as Bristol and places like that, which, you know, they might not be, you know, coming to the socials. But I think it's important just to have that sense of, community away from the club as well um so you know i'm i'm quite relaxed on it to be honest so what made you sort of start up in the first place then so i was actually listening to the exiles podcast when um i decided to actually do it i've spoken with my my dad and my brother about you know ultimately not having much of a you know what well, it certainly felt like there wasn't many Sunderland fans in the area and it was harder and harder to go to the games and I was on my way up to Manchester for work and decided to start the group and I think uh, it was about six in the morning when I did it I think Stuart Donald quickly retweeted the tweet there was a couple of others that had retweeted like Roka Report and people like that and it just sort of kicked off from there and I think there was about 180 200 followers in the first sort of 48 hours and there was people saying oh, i'm from maidenhead i'm from you know even ascot woken and all the places that are literally a stone's throw from me um that were sunderland fans and some of them went to the game some of them didn't and were all you know keen to to, to to support it and get involved so you know really really good response and I think it's it's just one of those things where it is you know it, it's hard being a Sunderland fan anyway especially when you live there but when you're a little bit further away and it means that you can't have those genuine conversations which is what I think football is all about is the debate and you know the general passion it makes it a little bit harder so you know already we've had a couple of meetings and you know there's already a a good little group that we've got and, and and we're having to you know we can talk about it in ways that we wouldn't do before so well you know I just so I, so I think I think it's been a massive positive and I've just been really thankful for the response really. No, it's, it's been fair it's been a great group because I met up with you guys obviously I'm in Milton Keynes so I am I am part of the Thames Valley um, I met with you guys at the Oxford game uh, last week um, I must actually say because I did get told off by um, Rob Harrison who is in the group um, <laughs> while I was stuck in the car trying to get out of that car park last week for 17 hours it felt like um, I forgot Rob's name and I did um, just refer to him as Kieran's dad um, <laughs> so obviously when the pod went out um, I got a message from Rob saying by the way it is Rob not Kieran's dad so Rob Harrison I apologise to you sir um, but no it was, <laughs> it was great meeting up with the guys um, and obviously your wife Lily who um, very like, happily wore a yellow coat for us all um, when we played Oxford. Shed a shocker there, didn't she? Absolute <laughs> shocker. It did make it very easy to find you, though. Um, so yeah. that was but no, it was good to meet you guys there. Um, what other games have you been to so far this season, did you say? 
so Shrewsbury was obviously the first meeting uh, Oxford and then I was due to go to the Bristol Rovers game but uh, I'm not going to be attending that one anymore so that's probably it now for um, this side of the year and then hopefully get to a couple more um, in 2020 because there are a lot of them actually down here uh, which is which is handy as well yeah so imagine actually of the um 18th 19th weekend is mk dons so yeah that is in in, in your turf i suppose now isn't That's it, so, it up, up near you as well yeah <laughs> yeah if you need any ideas where to meet up just let me know i'll give you some a few you know a few pubs so yeah. away so. from um actual like meets on a match day then is there any plans to sort of do meetups as a sort of social events sort of you know later the year or ne- early next year yeah, 100%. I think I'll try and do some uh, an unofficial one probably that's around sort of Christmas time just with the people that might be a bit more local that I've met so far. But um going to put something more official together uh, in sort of February time, uh, which um, hopefully we'll be able to talk more about in the next com- next couple of weeks. But um, yeah, for sure, I'm fairly open with how, how it grows and develops and ultimately want it to be a, a group where we all decide what we want to ultimately get from it and do from it. So anything we can do in the future, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all for. Um, so if there's any suggestions from fellow, fellow members, you know, get them in. No, definitely fantastic. So anybody who wants to get involved um, with the Thames Valley Mackhams, what's the Twitter handle that they need to go to? So it's at TV Mackhams. So at TV Mackhams there. So if you're in the Thames Valley area or even outside of it, get in touch with the guys. You say, you know, it's really, you know, nice bunch of guys to meet up with. Um, and it's well worthwhile doing. So, um, Les, thank you so much for your time. Um, I really appreciate it. No, um, thank you, Brett. It's been awesome. Really appreciate it. Excellent. Thanks a lot for your time, Les. And good luck um, going forward with, with the Thames Valley Mackhams. Hopefully some more people get involved. Awesome. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Cheers. Bye now. That was uh, Les Davies there from the Thames Valley Mackhams, who I spoke to yesterday. Um, right, we're going to play Playing Away. Now, this has changed slightly because um, previous two weeks we've been playing for fun. Um, as you might remember, Martin Wanless came up with this game. Um, we mocked him for it and we all quite like playing it. So we're going to keep going. However, this time, though, we are going to do a league over the year to see which of our exiles know Sunderland best. So I've picked a game from this day, obviously 5th of November. Um, the guys will take it in turns to pick a player from the starting 11. They have two lives each. If they pick a wrong player or pass, they lose a life. If they do name a sub, they can get another go, though. Winner is the last man standing. In result of both losing a life on uh, sudden... Uh, sorry, in the result of both losing a life on the same go, sudden death. If all players named while two are still in, both get a point. The winner gets two points. Is that clear, gentlemen? <laughs> Is that as clear as mud? Two points yeah. for a win. Excellent. Yeah, all good. A lot of rules there, Brett. Yeah. We spoke about it earlier in the pod, and I, was trying, I did put the rules in, and I came back three hours later. Oh, no. What happens if this happens? What happens if that happens? So at some point, something's going to happen and I've not like justified it for it. I've not planned for it. And um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But when, anyway, when does VAR get involved? That's the question. Oh, God, don't you start on that. <laughs> um, so 5th of November, um, it is Millwall versus Sunderland, 2004-2005 uh, in the Coca-Cola Championship. Um, unfortunately, we did actually lose 2-0 um, at this game. But to give you some clues... Mick McCarthy was manager, 
and we wore our Deodora kits um, with a Reg Vardy sponsor. Um, another little clue, though, we lost. This is the only one of three games we lost that season. So it's quite unlucky for me to actually find this one. Um, Martin, I'll let you go first, though, since it is your game officially. Oh, very kind. Um, so Millwall 2, Sunderland nil. Mick McCarthy was manager. Right, I'm, I'm going to go for um, a lad who I think was playing centre-half that day, um, Caldwell, Steve Caldwell. Steve Caldwell is in the is in the team. Um, right, Gary, I'll let you have a go next. God, this is horrible. <laughs> Do you know what? It's one of those it's one of those teams actually. When I picked this one, I thought, oh, that's actually quite a tricky one. And then I think certain players will unlock other players. I think that's for the best, you know, I think that's what will happen on this this one. Trying to lie. I'm gonna go on an obvious one from me for Nick McCarthy. I just I'm struggling, so I'm gonna throw out uh, Julio Arca. Julio Arca was in the starting eleven. Niall, you're up, mate. Um, <laughs> um uh, Liam Lawrence was he in that team? Liam Lawrence was in the team. Here we go. Oh. See, Liam well, chaps. Back to you, Martin. Well, um, was was the goalkeeper um, Poom? No, the goalkeeper oh. was not Poom. So Martin loses a life. Loses a life. Was he not on the bench? He wasn't on the bench. I think I might have given a clue by saying certain players unlock certain players, but I'm not going to go down that route. <laughs> Do I get another goal? So, no, goal sorry. Goal. Gary's go next. Sorry. Go. Oh, mine doesn't have to keep going and lose all his life at once. <laughs> no, no, no. no sorry, sorry. sorry, Gary. Oh. It's not really tense this game now, isn't it? It is. It's a bit of an edge to it. Uh, Gary Breen? Gary Breen is double checking not in the team so no Gary oh, Breen so <laughs> so Nick right. McCarthy's side 2004 Coca-Cola Championship alright um, I'm going to go for Carl Robinson correct he's in there Carl Robinson back to Martin if you get one wrong you're out um, Marcus Stewart Marcus Stewart up front. Correct. I think that one's just prompted me now. You said Sorry, Stewart. Um, I'm going to... Uh, Bridges. Michael Bridges. Michael Bridges. See, here we go. Oh, that's a good one, though. Back to Niall. Was Michael Bridges in that team, was he? Yeah. Did he come on? Was yeah, he? he no, started in the first 11. Did he? That's mad. Yep. All right. Um, I'm going to go for... Uh, see, it's... Was... Jeff Whitley in the team. Jeff Whitley was in the team. Get in. So you've actually only got uh, three left uh, to go. This is a. Uh, I don't think I actually. Uh, I know no, everyone gets a point actually if you get them all. Mm. All right. Um, I'm trying to think who would have been playing right back, and I've got I've got two names. Let me. Um, Stephen Wright, right back. Who? Stephen Wright. Stephen Wright, no, not Stephen Wright. Sorry, Martin. Oh, I, I'm out. out. I'm gone, am I? You're a goner. Gary, if you I get this wrong... that was a good, good answer. If you get this wrong, Niall wins. Oh. <laughs> what, by virtue of not even having a go? <laughs> no, 
I should have to answer another no, one. No, no, yeah, 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 you can have it, yeah. Are we he's actually... Got, no, no, he's got a life, he's got a life. I've got he's, next he hasn't life. hasn't made the rules long, he's got a life, so yeah. He will win it. Good job, that's what we're doing. Someone already said Neil Collins. No, Neil Collins is there. Neil Collins is in the team. Good shout, that, Gary. That was a great shout. Uh, and that's just helped me, Gary. Does that mean uh, <laughs> oh, that is Danny Collins is in the team? Danny, Danny Collins. Collins. Is in the team. Yeah, I was on the, yeah, Danny Collins. Oh god. So you got two, Gary. Back to you, mate. You've got two left. Oh, no one's even said the keeper of they. No, the keeper is still there. The, keep, the keeper is. The keeper is probably the easier out of two, actually. Yeah. Oh. Struggling here. Um. Gonna have to rush uh, up. Ben, ben Amick. Ben Amick. To, to drag the game on slightly longer, he's on the bench. Oh, Christ. <laughs> I, I think I might have the keeper. But Do I have to go again, though? Well, you, if, unless you want to pass and just give it up. I'm out of names. I think I might. I think, well, I, think I've got, I think I might have the other two, but I go probably on. don't. Go for both is the goalkeeper? Uh, this is going to be wrong. I have. Is, is the goalkeeper Thomas Myra? Thomas Myra and goals. Yep. Uh, oh. Right. And now Very this good. one. This one's probably. Uh, this one I, I don't think is right, but I remember him having a spell of games, and uh, it's just thinking about the defence. I don't know. It's probably totally wrong, and everyone's probably going to be like, even who is he? Or you know, I'm lying. Is it? Is it? Uh, is it Mark Lynch? Oh, what? Well done. Is it... <laughs> Mark Lynch. He, he, was, oh. he was terrifying. Was he it was actually Mark Lynch? Players, Mark Lynch. I mean, you have just assume you didn't just Google it. So well done, Mark. That was superb. No, I promise you I did. No, so I, you, I, your, I, your team there that lost 2-0 to Millwall. So uh, Byron Goal, Lynch, Danny Collins, Carl Robinson, Neil Collins, Steve Caldwell, Liam Lawrence, Jeff Whitley, Michael Bridges, Marcus Stewart, Julio Arca, um, lads on the bench included Ben Orwick, uh, Dean Whitehead, Sean Thornton, Darren Carter, and Chris Brown. Well done, guys. So, Niall wow. is, is the leaderboard of two points. I forgot Mark Lynch's name, you know, for ages. I knew who it was, but I was I was thinking, and I just, yeah, I couldn't, uh, couldn't quite gasp it, and then I... Oh, I wouldn't have got that all night now. Well, 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 I wouldn't have got Mark Lynch. I wouldn't have got him. I was saying I've done that all night and not got him. Well, well done, lads. Good work. Right. So moving on, we've got, um, obviously, we did put a bit of a mention out um, earlier on the Twitter and the Instagram. Um, just basically to, again, we, we want to hear your stories. Um, you know, we really do. And one of the people who did get involved uh, in uh, did message us was actually the Sunderland AFC branch liaison council. Um, they've been in touch and they're working very closely with Washington Mind and the foundation. I'd like to create a drop-in um, for mental health hub on match days for football fans. It's the first of its kind in the country and offers anyone who's experiencing difficult times um, a place to go for support and advice. It's open to both Black Cat fans and also fans of the away team every Saturday Sunday at home um, between 11.45 and 2.45. For more information, go to the foundationlight.co.uk. Um, don't suffer alone. It is always good to talk. Um, yeah, so you know, it, 
you know, if any, if have any sort of issues or problems, you know, go to, go to the foundationoflights.co.uk um, uh, for more information on that. Um, but as I did say, we did hit uh, Twitter and Instagram to get some more stories. And they were quite varied. We did put a little bit of um, quite a few questions out there. So there was like nightmare journeys, sat in the wrong end at games. Um, if a game was postponed, what, you know, what did you do instead? Um, meeting Sunderland players in non-libelous situations. Can't stress that enough. Um, and once again, you guys delivered um, from SAFC North Yorkshire. Um, and they are at SAFC underscore N Yorkshire. This is a great one. Um, Man United away in the FA Cup um, was replay in 1986. Got my head stuck in railings um, after giving one of their players stick. I think it was Mark Hughes. <laughs> the fence had to be forced apart so I could get out. I missed the train and got home at 4 a.m. Very tired at school the following day. I'm s- <laughs> that is an amazing story. Um, was that was that with or without the railings? Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got my head stuck in railings. Now that tickled me. Did you take them on the train? We've all been there, I'm sure. Oh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I've, actually, I've got my head. Um, <laughs> I got my head stuck in the railings of Buckingham Palace one day. Did you really? <laughs> I did. What? Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's, um, why, that's why he's now living in Australia, isn't it? <laughs> Not that back in the country. <laughs> been, been banished. By, um, Who are you hurling man. abuse at, Martin? <laughs> I, was, I, was try, I was trying to get a closer look at the Queen for some reason. <laughs> what, Martin? Martin, how old were you at this point, please? I was 36. Um, no, I was, um, it was, it was. I was probably about eight or nine. I have to say, so I, you know, old enough to to know better, I think, but. Um, I have I have got a a large head as well, so those two things combined, um, yes. Fantastic. See, <laughs> there you go. This is why we do this. Can we get little gems like that? Martin got his head stuck in Buckingham Palace, and now I know what to introduce you as next time you're on the pod. Um, <laughs> James Fox uh, wrote to us saying, um, "Fratton Park semi-final this year." So that's obviously going to be the playoffs. Um, atmosphere in there was brilliant. Final whistle. Um, and leaving and felt the best. Live local to Portsmouth and got the train to the game, but was kicked off at the station by the busies, his word, because um, I was an SAFC fan. That's really unfair. You know, just to kick off the train, just he's a Sunderland fan. Well, a game of all. That's that's Portsmouth for you, isn't it? <laughs> um, right, Michael Pohl. Um, Took our last to stoke away from London a few years back. Her first away game. All good getting there, but snow caused a 14-hour journey home, including me spinning the car 180 degrees on some ice at uh, 15 miles an hour on the motorway. She's not been to a game since. 14 hours to get home from Stoke <laughs> to London. <laughs> what? I, I think some some walk- journey that mind. I think you could walk it quicker than that, surely. 14 hours. <laughs> Martin, how long does it take you to get to Australia? 24 hours, so you, you uh, could have got pretty close. Crikey, that's, that's some good going. Could have made Singapore, I think. Um, one more up here. We've got um, P underscore Ryan uh, underscore H. Um, it was a very quick one on the Instagram. Southampton, um, 8 nil away. So already is a crap day. He was staying in um, heaven, fell asleep on the train, woke up in Bognor Regis. 
I'll tell you what, I've, I've, I've been a Bognor Aegis without losing 8 0, and that's bad enough. <laughs> Never mind. Absolutely tanked. <laughs> so, there you go Brilliant. then. Uh, yeah, so good, have a good story from you all. Um, that is all for this week. But I say we do want to hear more of your tales um, following Sunderland. And to be honest, we want the more random, the better. Um, if you have sent them in so far, we are going to be storing them up like squirrels so we can keep reading them out on future pods. Um, also, we're always after branch news, any kind of future meetups. Um, let other fans know that, you know that you're in their area and they even come and come and join us on the pod. Uh, find us on, tw- on, on our Twitter pages, um, at the Roker Report, the Roker Report pod um, page, Mac and Exiles. Um, or you can even send us an email uh, at rokerreport at yahoo.com. Um, and finally, uh, we do have one story from earlier. Um, there was quite a big debate in the WhatsApp group if it was to be read out or not. Um, I fully distanced myself from it, and Niall was all over it like a rash. I wanted to read it out. Um, so, Niall, I'm going to leave this one with you. Uh, no, I think it deserves to be read out, me. I, I don't know what everyone's problem was. To be honest, Brett, I think you were in the minority here. Everybody else wanted it read out, just not you. But... Uh... <laughs> I do feel I did I did feel a losing battle for quite a lot <laughs> this morning. Well, I mean, to be honest, I'm I'm more curious about it. So um if if Ellis Wilson can can get back to us at some point and, and explain the story, then I'm I'm happy with that. But he's he's basically said um someone's granddad tried to finger one of my mates asses all the way to Manchester. Now <laughs> Manchester <laughs> Well, Manchester is quite, it's quite a long way, Manchester, from Sunderland. If he's come, I'm presuming he's come from Sunderland. Well, so, hey, you could be coming from anywhere. Well, to be honest, I just feel like this granddad has done, like, you know, the persistence there. I mean, that that is just, <laughs> that's commitment all the way from Sunderland to Manchester, consistent at this. I mean, that, that's, I mean, to be honest, I know a lot of people might think that's a bit backward, but I find that impressive. Maybe that's, <laughs> Maybe that's more, you know, me, but that, I mean, that's determination. So, yeah, brilliant. Um, There's a lot of unanswered questions there. I mean, I think Ellis Wilson 15 needs to come back to us. Um, that's his Twitter handle, Ellis Wilson 15. He needs to come back and explain more of this story because, I mean, I just think, I, I, I mean, did he succeed? Did he did he get there? I mean, I, I don't know. But, yeah, I, yeah I, I just think a little bit of appreciation for this granddad. I think he's done all right. Uh, Thanks, Mel. Yeah. <laughs> and, and on yeah. that note, um, if we're back next week, who knows? Um, thank you very much for listening. Um, Martin in Australia, thanks for having you, mate. Cheers, now. Uh, Gary over in London, thanks for being on. Always a pleasure. And Niall, thank you for reading that out for me. Cheers, lads. I'll be waiting in Manchester. See you later. <laughs> See you later. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> Hopefully the same thing happens. That will be interesting. Uh, I love that you didn't just read the story, you took that to new levels now. Yeah, that that was impressive. (laughs) (laughs) I'm seeing it better. That's not getting cut, that's that's going on first. It's going to be in the opening sequence. That's all literally yeah. it. It'll be Fingered His Arsehole, sponsored by Vaux Brewery. <laughs> 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 oh, <man. laughs>
And on that note, <laughs> thanks, guys. <laughs> right. Cheers, lads. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Cheers, Cheers. 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 Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.